0: That this word will help us to break. It. I believe it's from you. I believe it's of you. I believe it's your, your will, your, your, your plan for the next, the next phase. And so in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'll live big inside of me today. Speak through my vocal cords, think through my mind. In the name of Jesus, help me declare your word with accuracy, boldness, and clarity, and to instruct your people today. Help them to become stronger Christians in you. We thank you that this word goes forth, unchecked, unhindered by any demonic force, and revelation knowledge flows free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Come on, give them a break. break. All right, we may be seated. And what have we been talking about for the last three or four weeks? How to be a strong Christian. Amen. We're going to stay right there. And if you'll humor me today, listen to me today. I don't know what, too much about humoring, but listen to me today. I am going to teach you the solution to all your problems. Is anybody here interested in the solution to all your problems? Yes. To me, that's a great lesson. I think that's phenomenal, Altree. If I could just learn the solution to all my problems. Pastor, are you just selling me a bill of goods? No. Stick with me for the next hour or so, and I, I did my homework now, but I want to teach you the Christian. Everybody say he's talking to the believer. And if you're an unbeliever, you get saved, you get to know Jesus, I'm talking to you too, and we'll give you an opportunity to do that. But I want to teach you today the solution to all your problems. And You got to promise me that when I reveal what that solution is, you won't say, oh man, shucks. I thought pastor was going to teach us something like that. It don't seem like to me. He studied. No, you stay with me. I got one word that's going to make you a stronger Christian and it's going to be the solution to all your problems. Before you all reveal my subject today, I want you, if you would remember Ephesians 6 and 10, which is our theme verse. And we can almost quote that by memory. Now, what you think? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Whose might are we strong in? In his might, the power of his might. Now, as you study this out, it's a dynamic passage because the emphasis is, Michelle, being strong, but the real solution is found in whose strength you're being strong in. So God says, be strong, but then he gives you the antidote, the adunamo, is what that word strong means, which means to be empowered. To be empowered. In God, not in and of yourself. Now, I'm gonna flip that around a dozen ways today, but that's really what I'm gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about how to be strong in God, and this same Paul gives us the solution to being strong in God with just a short phrase over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and 9, and that will be my foundation uh, beyond Ephesians 2 or rather 6 and 10. Over in 2 Corinthians, 12 and 9, then I'll give you my subject. Bible says, and he said to me, this is God, my grace is what? Sufficient. What does the word sufficient mean? Enough. Sufficient for you, and this is so profound to me. This one phrase right here. This, this, and this is where I'm going to stop. I don't even need the rest of the text. For my strength is made perfect in Weakness. Now we don't add to the Bible. We understand that the Bible was translated and, uh, and and all those kinds of things. And I don't believe the men who translated Scripture by and large uh, left anything out of Scripture. But for your understanding, you could easily also say, God's strength, capital M Y, is God. God's strength is perfected. Perfected means to mature, get stronger in your weakness for when you are weak then are you strong that's what the bible says when you are weak then are you strong his grace is sufficient his strength is made perfect in your weakness now in my introduction today and dear you'll love this I want to say that the bible is the only book that can make paradoxical statements and be 100% accurate. And the word paradoxical, lest I talk over anybody's head, simply means self-contradictory. If something is a paradox, it contradicts itself. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Now that's a contradiction. That's a paradoxical statement. What you just emphatically said is the only way to be strong is to be weak. <laughs> and the Bible's the only book that can do that effectively and be 100% accurate. I can give you two or three more examples of just that principle. We're not going to spend all our time there. I don't even want you to turn to these scriptures. You can just end your hearing. Uh, but Solomon was a wise man. He knew a lot about God, a lot about how God worked. And he said something that it still takes mounds of believers to wrap their arms around in a paradoxical way. In Ecclesiastes 7 and 1, we understand the first part. A good name is better than precious ointment. Anybody can get that. How many of you know you better have a good name better than bond number nine? (laughs) Precious ointment, better than some lotion. Nourish, come on ladies. You want a good name, better than all those kinds of things, better than an ointment that you can put on your body. But then he goes on to say something that that brain tangles you. And the day of death is better than one's birth. The subject of this verse is better. Better. So when he says better, better implies throughout the verse, the day of death than one's day of birth. The day somebody dies, according to Solomon, is better than when they're born. (laughs) Boy, that's a tongue brain twister, isn't it? Is that a paradoxical statement? Well, now, if you continue on in this idea of paradoxical statements, this Saint Paul, who is our author of Ephesians 6 and 2 Corinthians 12, he says over in the book of Philippians, somewhere around chapter 1, verse 21, if I remember, he says, For me to live is Christ. And then listen to what Paul said. And to die is gain. Now, the last few dead people I saw wasn't gaining anything. They were dead. (laughs) yet they had gained much more than what I had because through a spiritual lens blessed are they who die in the Lord so actually death for the believer is what we live for it's what we look forward to either the rapture or to leave before the rapture comes, would be God having kept his promise that as he is, we will see him face to face and we would be in his presence. And, and as those saints would say, every day would be haughty hottie and never goodbye, right? You, you have solved the problem of every problem. Pastor, are you telling us to die? No, stay with me. I'm just talking to you about paradoxical statements. Are you getting the revelation now? So the word of God does not contradict itself. But you've got to be spiritual to embrace these wise sayings and get an understanding. And nonetheless is the case with 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. Now I will give you my subject. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Not in my weakness. Everybody say God is never weak. weak. This means in your weakness, God's strength is made perfect. Today I'm talking about how to be a strong Christian. And I'm talking about the solution to all your problems. And my subject today is humility. Humility is the solution to all your problems. Somebody say amen to that. (laughs) Humility is the solution to all of your problems. Now, this is really, really good because humility is an undertaught, underperfected, amen, Christian character, discipline amongst most believers. Most people who even would say that they're humble, if you follow them enough places, you will soon find that they're some of the most arrogant people you'd ever meet in your life. Because most people, even Christians, are more self-preservationists than they are, if you will, submitted to God. Everybody say, "Be be humble. Now, Pastor Rogers, how does humility then equate, though? I get that. Pride, pride, pride. And we're going to talk more about pride. But how does humility equate to being the solution to all my problems? If you're writing, humility is the foundation of all learning. Without humility, there is no betterment. Without humility, there is no learning. When I know it, there's no need to take notes because I'm Mr. Know-it-all. Humility is the foundation of all learning. Humility is the foundation, if you're writing, to all change. One cannot change, that is by self-will, without what? Humility. The willingness to do so. The elements of life may force you to change, but real genuine change occurs when one comes humble. What does that have to do with it being the solution to all my problems? Don't turn there. Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. But they not only lacked knowledge, if you kept reading, they were destroyed because they rejected, that is the priest rejected knowledge and would not preach it to the people. And as a result of arrogance towards the knowledge of God, and purposely rejecting the knowledge, there is no growth, and I still have a problem that could have been solved a long time ago. because humility is the solution to all your problems. Well, let me see if I can break this down to you uh, in a way which you can understand. Anybody ever here ever had mechanical problems in your car? OK, now let me ask it this way. Anybody ever had a mechanical problem that you did not know how to fix in your car Now. Here's what you did that got that problem solved. You humbled yourself to an auto mechanic who knew more than you about the brokenness in your car. You humbled yourself so much to that man or woman that you forfeited over three, four hundred, dollars dollars $500,000. And how many of y'all know that's humility? And great humility to get your problem solved. What solved the problem? Not what you knew. Not what you thought you knew about the car. Not your ideas about what it could be. What solved the problem of your broken vehicle was humility to something or someone or something greater than you in that area. Because humility is the solution to every problem. Your air conditioner broke at home. Your HVAC system went out. And you called one of these wonderful companies. And you had that guy come by with the ponytail. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And you didn't care about his ponytail. All you wanted was for your ear to work in July. He went up outside or in the attic for the furnace in in the winter. And he came out and he told you your thermester is not working. And you said to yourself, what is a thermester? I have no idea what a thermester is. Well, it's the thing that connects to the thing that makes the thing know what the thing. And by the time he got to the fourth thing, you said, whatever it is, just fix it. And you humbled yourself to that man, and that moment became the solution to your HVAC problem. Are you all staying with me? In your Christianity, the same rule applies. What God is emphatically saying through this series on how to be a strong Christian is that Jeremiah 10 and 2, there are some things that you learned that were not right. There were some things that you observed down through the years that were not accurate. We divulged one last, last week when we talked about amen, man, uh, how many of y'all know his ways are not our ways and his, his thoughts. Y'all remember that? That was lots of fun, wasn't it? And we learned real quick that that verse was written to the wicked, had nothing to do with the believer. As a matter of fact, you can think like God because you let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, but in order for you to have gotten that revelation last Sunday, you had to humble yourself to something that was greater than what you once knew. That usurped knowledge over what you once knew, you humbled yourself to that, and you became a better and a what Christian, a stronger Christian. And the Bible says it so emphatically over in Jeremiah chapter 10, that we are to learn not the ways of Babylon. So at the end of the day, I'm going to get the weakness in a second. The things that are keeping us though fermented and ossified and strong and solid against the will of God in a particular area is because we learn some vain philosophy, some vain doctrine, amen, by which we have not been willing to humble ourselves to God's right and perfect way and is still keeping us underneath. It's still keeping us as the tail and not the head. Are you all still here? It's causing us to miss out on something that God wanted us to have because we won't humble ourselves to better knowledge in that area. Somebody say amen to that. How many Christians ever came to a spirit-filled church like this and you used to think that suffering was a badge of honor? You just, you know, you suffer and that is just how, oh, the suffering. You need to almost believe for it, right? Don't look for better in this world. Not on this side, but when we all get to heaven. And then you read the verse that said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're church on earth just like it is in heaven. Well, But in order for that kingdom principle, stay with me, I'm teaching, to work on earth like it is in heaven and solve all of your problems that the kingdom solved. Which, by the way, the kingdom solves all your problems because we are of a superior kingdom. You had to humble yourself to the doctrine of prosperity, health and healing, favor, open doors, believer's authority, faith. Holy Spirit, blood of Jesus, angels on assignment. You had to take everything the kingdom brought in, and as a result, what did it do? It enhanced your life. But it could not enhance your life until you humbled yourself to it. Is this this a good teaching already? We're going to get the pride and arrogance, amen, same word. But let's understand humility relative to the kingdom. Now, the kingdom of God is what we would call an upside-down kingdom. We are in an upside-down kingdom, at least when you compare it to the world. In the world, in order to be elevated and promoted, you're cutthroat. You do whatever you can to pull the next man down so you can get ahead. In the kingdom of God, you give them the position. You sow it into your friend. You say, oh, man, you go first. Mine is coming. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We we are upside-down in comparison to the world. In the world, you save all you can. In the kingdom, you give all you can. Are y'all getting this revelation? Because we are in an upside-down kingdom. And when the Bible says, unlearn the ways of Babylon, it is not easy, stay with me, to adapt to new patterns of thinking when that's all you came up in. That was your way of life. I was going to call this message, who taught you that? Because quite frankly... Uh, the solution to your problem is, first things first, getting rid of all of the toxic, bad teaching that made you think a certain kind of way that deprived you of everything God wanted to do in your life. God never said some of the things that you go around quoting. He never said that. And if he said it, the way you're quoting it out of context is not helping you. Oh, because you know the Bible says God works in a mysterious way. You heard that from J.J.'s mama in good time. And you grew up and adapted that as a vain philosophy in your mind. So now everything that don't work out in your life, you make God a mystery when instead the Bible says his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, which implies that if I get in my word, I can know exactly how God works. I can know how God works, how he does what he does. Thank y'all for clapping that row right there. Oh, everybody a seat. I appreciate that. Everybody else is still figuring out whether or not I'm right. They're still humbling themselves. Pastor, don't offend us that early. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. You had to humble yourself to something that was higher information than what she wants to know. God does not work in a mysterious way. There's nothing mysterious about God. <laughs> What's mysterious about him? If you're sick, what does he want? He wants you well. Is that mysterious? No. If you're broke, what does God want? No, you say the word. It's four letters. Rich. Rich. <laughs> rich. See, when you're still fighting through that, that arrogance of old ideas, you say, oh, God, I want you to do better. No, Rich. Better is just three more dollars than what you have right now. I'm not talking about better. Hallelujah. I'm talking about rich. I'm talking about wealthy. I'm talking about more and more. I'm talking about increase. I'm talking about never being concerned how you're going to make it through or how you're going to pay a bill. Thank God for the scholarship, but you can be your own scholarship. Somebody say amen to that. But it's a philosophy. And that's why Colossians 2 and 8, don't turn it, it says, but beware lest any man cheat you through vain philosophies and the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. That we would have an idea, amen, that in order to really, really grow in God, we can no longer rest in ideas and ways we thought we were being strong. You understand where I'm coming from? You got a sick loved one, and you start saying stuff like, it's in the hands of the Lord now. No, it's not. No, no, no. It is in that loved one's hands to determine what they want to see happen in this matter. Are you all listening to me? Do you want to be healed or do you want to be sick? Well, pastor, you don't understand. My grandmother died. I understand your grandmother died. And so did Jesus. Now that sounds rude, but it's not. I got to be that strong with you to help you understand that your grandmother, your aunt, your brother, your sister, they are not the rubric or the scorecard of what God is able to do. They do not determine the end game of Holy Scripture. I don't care who it is. Nobody determines the end game of Holy Scripture all the time because generally speaking, man does not have the Spirit of God without measure. We are flawed. We can make a bad decision. We can decide to go in another direction. But God's word according to Psalm 19, 1 through 7 is perfect. And if you want perfect outcomes, you got to humble yourself to this word, not this word in Erica Badu, Amen. That's right. and Ayanna Vanzant, right. right. back in my generation, and these other folk out here now that's giving you vain philosophies on YouTube. The more you listen to all that confusion, the more you are. Aragonizing, if I could make up a, a word, yourself against the precepts of God, against the things of God that ultimately is going to be the thing that really gets you out. Are you all still here today? The philosophies of scripture are going to be the things that are going to get us to another standard of living. Everybody say, I got to humble myself. Because we're in a what kind of kingdom? We're in an upside down kingdom Jesus taught us that let's study Jesus out a little bit over in John chapter 12 verse number 23 the Bible says but Jesus answered them and said, he said the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified everybody say my life, my life is a seed most assuredly I say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and what dies it remains alone are you all still here Unless your life goes to the ground, everybody says humility, unless you go down, amen, because in the world's kingdom, what goes up must come down. But in the kingdom of God, what goes down, listen to me, will come up. It is imminent. When I purpose in my heart that I'm willing, root word of the word humiliation, I'm willing, even if it costs me that, to humiliate every idea and thought pattern that I once had and make it subject to the kingdom of God and genuinely say, Father, I don't know nothing. I am willing to go down so that you can bring me up. You are promised to come up, buddy. Life is going to get better. And you will go through a season to where dirt is being thrown on you. It might get real dark for a moment. It might not look like you're progressing, but you know you are in humility. And you know God knows where he planted you in that garden. And you know that you are dying daily. Somebody say amen. In any moment now, you're going to start sprouting. And you're going to grow in God. And that's genuine what? Humility. Everybody say genuine. A grain of wheat falls into the ground. And what does it have to do? it's got to die. We're not rushing through these scriptures. You know you got to die to yourself. You know you got to tell yourself, self, you don't know what you're talking about. Do you know there's a lot of spirits that's vying for yourself, trying to get you off track on any given day, and you got to die to yourself. You got to die to ideas that all the people around you are out to bring you down. You're so strong. You got so much to offer. You got to die to those ideas. Those ideas are wrong. Somebody say amen. Amen. You got to die to yourself. It says unless it goes to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it humbles itself, if it dies, if you pass the test of humility, what's it going to produce? What's it going to produce, class? Come on, we may as well look at the next verse. It's going to produce much grain. Hallelujah. He who loves his life, what's going to happen? He's going to lose it. But he who hates his life in this world will what? Keep it for eternal life. Now we understand, Ecclesiastes 7 and 1, better is the day of a man's death than when he is born. Now you got eternal life because you died to Christ in this age. You died rather to self in this age. I'd rather be a Christian right now hated by all men than to go along with this world and loved by everybody. And go in an eternity, hated by hell itself. I'd rather die right now. I die to my reputation. I die to self. I die to my own ideologies. I I'd die to my own philosophies. I die to some of my own cultural philosophies. There are cultural philosophies in my lineage that I don't go with. I die to all of that stuff. In fact, some of them are easy to not go with. Come on. Some of us come from families that say, you know, deaths come in threes. Well, which one of y'all leaving? Don't speak that over me. I died of that stupidity. <laughs> amen. Somebody say, amen. 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 Come on, come on. Stay with me now. Yeah, yeah. Who taught you? y'all? Who taught you that, right? So you got to humble yourself to an idea that no, but now that ain't right. You know the old story, and we've told it a thousand times down through the years, but uh, the young lady on Thanksgiving took the ham, amen, cut off the ends so that it could fit in the, in the pan, and uh, mama came and looked over her showed and said, girl, what's wrong with you? Why you cut that ham off? That's good meat. She said, well, mama, I watched you do that all my life. You would cut the ham off, and she said, baby girl, that's because we didn't have a pan big enough to fit the whole ham. Are you all in here? And there are certain things that you've learned along the way that have caused you to continue to act a certain kind of way that first things first, you got to mark them as being erroneous. That is not right. That is not what that should look like. That is not how I should be believing. God is a God of increase. He's a God of more and more. I don't have to cut the ends off. In fact, I can cook three, come on, hams on Thanksgiving now, because now I got three kitchens. Oh, I wish I had some help. I can do better than what they were doing back then because I've come into greater revelation of who God really is. Now, think about this. If he's supplying your needs according to his riches in glory, did you ever stop long enough to say, how are his riches in glory? Right. I mean, you, you, you just told me, God, that you're filling my bank account based off of your bank account. No lack. I guess there's an infirmary in, in heaven for people who catch a cold. I guess they got an urgent care that you can catch late at night if you get tired of worshiping Jesus. Are y'all getting this revelation? No, you got to eradicate those ideas and come back to some genuine humility unless a seed goes to the ground and does what? Dies. Everybody say the seed has to die. Come on, say it again. The seed has to die. Go to Mark 4 and 30. Come on, we getting in the Bible today. Are you getting anything? Mark 4 and 30. Then he said, I'm reading this on the screen. To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? So now we talking about kingdom progress. We're talking about going forth. We're talking about really growing in the things of God. Show of hands, how many people in five years, you want to be a totally different you than what you are today? You just want to have expanded so much. Yes. What about one year? Hallelujah. What about six months from now? Can you vision yourself being bigger and greater? It's all in the seed. It's all in how you view your life. It's all in how you are determined to be that seed that goes to the ground and die. And I want to prove that out in Holy Scripture. Two verses to prove my point. Then he said, what should we say uh, or what should we like in the kingdom of God? That's just a fancy way, Sekou, of saying, what is the kingdom of God like? Who would like to know the answer to that question? What is the kingdom of God like or what parable shall we picture it? Jesus said, I tell you what, I'll give you a parable. He starts off with the key element of the verse. The kingdom is the it. You could easily say the kingdom is like a mustard seed so what then class is the kingdom like a seed in this case he uses a mustard seed he says it's like a mustard seed which is when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds in earth humility 101 how many y'all know sometimes when you're really humbling yourself you look smaller than all the seeds on the earth you look smaller than everybody around you you look like you're not progressive you look like you can't do as much i remember when we planted this church 13 years ago, there was another church that planted in the same neighborhood. Nothing against that ministry, for the record. I don't know those people. But I remember that they would bring the who's who. Oh, man, Byron Cage would be here this week and uh, maybe want me to them the next week. And the list goes on and on. No defamation on those people. I know none of them personally but they would bring all the nationals in and they would be doing their thing and what God told me to do is not focus on any of that. You focus on grooming and growing people. Don't get caught up in name recognition. You focus on discipleship and growth and you cause God's people to progress. Now, at first, it might look like you're growing gradually. It might look like you're not even growing sometimes. It might look like you are behind schedule but you stay focused on what I called you to be. Don't worry about becoming a bishop of the third jurisdiction of the Mount Sinai district. It got quiet off of that point. Don't worry about a big ring now. I don't want you to join none of that. When they asked me if I wanted in, I said no, no, no. No thank you. Don't need it. Don't want it. Amen. Don't worry about being this. It get quiet on those points. See, I'm pushing on your lid now. Yeah, don't worry about that. Don't worry. Don't worry about getting this status. Don't get into that Stay out of that Y'all ain't saying nothing I'm glad I did cuz those were all the people pushing the shots So I stayed out of that They had Fossey on, on on their zooms with their presiding prelates. I stayed out of that. Are you all listening to me? And it may look like it may look like you are not as progressive, but all post COVID, I still got a packed church. I still got a worldwide TV ministry. I still got everything God said was mine because I never got caught up on what man calls great. you be like a mustard seed and at a first you look smaller than all the seeds on earth. But don't worry about status. Come on, take your seat. Pastor Rogers is teaching you humility 101. Don't sell your life for a bill of goods. Are y'all listening to me? Black Lives Matter is a fad. Don't sell your life out for that. Louis Farrakhan, Vain Philosophy, Million Man March, and we still don't have no progress in the black family. Don't sell yourself out for that. Bunch of grown men coming to Washington, D.C. to eat pizza. (laughs) What progress have we made as a result? Zilch, none, because Jesus is the answer for our community. Jesus is the answer for their community. Without Christ, you can do nothing. Don't mix. Don't become ecumenical. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due season, he will lift you up. I wish I was in the right church today. If you're in here and you're excited about humility, shout hallelujah in the house well, stay out of that. I'm trying to help you to not get your ambitions mixed up. Get all jacked up, man. Down through the years, I had people who could sure enough sing and play who would come, but they just switched too much. So see, and thank God. See, Brian, he got a wife. You can't play my organ switching. You can't switch up. This, this, this. Bless the Lord today. You can't bless the Lord today in my church. Not like that. You're a man. Oh, come on and bless the Lord. He put some bass in your voice. I wish I had some help. Now, you're going to have to be a man to lead worship over here. So I didn't just get the best singers so I could get the greatest crowd. Seem like that's an anointed phrase. Everybody say, stay out of that. Out of that. No, they need discipleship. In fact, we have failed the homosexual community because somebody should have sat them down and got them some help and some support and loved them through. Instead of putting them up as pawns, you failed them. Help them. Don't fail them. Stay out of that. I wish I had some help in here. So it may look like you're the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. It's going to look like that for a season. We told mom about humility. You're going to look like, man, you just not getting no better. My sister, you don't have a boyfriend and every other girl running with every Tom and, and, and Harry out there. And you just don't have anybody. Oh, but stay out of that. Don't start the clubbing now. I'm going to really bother somebody now. Don't start the getting online to be found. This is what we do when we take the scripture, he that findeth a wife, find a good thing. If he is the he that findeth a wife, when you get online, you just put yourself in front of him. Find me, please. How you know it's real? Once you walk by faith and not by sight and let him legitimately find you. I wish I had some help, but who taught you that? This culture, this world this world. You know where we were supposed to meet and greet and find our future wife and husband? The house of God. House of God. But half of our men are stuck on confusion. Amen. So the girls who sit on the second and third row, they believing in faith every day that they'll come. Y'all don't mean no harm. I'm just I'm trying to tell you the truth. Are y'all in here? You gotta stay out of that. Girls, I ain't to embarrass y'all, so I promise. I did. I did. Amen. But tell your neighbor, stay out of that. Out of that. Yeah. yeah, be a seed. And just be humble. And see, this is why I say all the time, y'all, what are we missing, though? What does status mean? <laughs> I could, oh, God, I could have been the bishop of bishops by now with my young self, with all that status. You stick with us, you'll be preaching the convocation. I have convocation every Sunday in my own church. And I don't need it. I don't need it, don't want it. Not interested. Y'all ain't saying nothing? Not interested. I'm trying to help you to understand that humility and legitimacy, amen, is all about, if you're writing, sticking to the plan of God. That's humility. Humility is going with what God says. Seku, at first, it's a small seed. But look at verse number 32. Don't worry, I got more notes coming your way. But when it is sown, it grows up and it becomes what, class? Greater than all the herbs. How many people in here, you want to be greater? You want to be greater. Not that you're comparing yourself to people, but God says, if you'll humble yourself under my hand, you're going to grow, you're going to become greater than you think and shoots out large branches. You're going to be, from that little seed that looks so small, you stay with me over time, you're going to be so big, you're going to be so magnificent, you'll be magnetic. Birds will be able to come and nest under your shade. That's how big of a tree I'll make you if you'll humble yourself under my hand. And when you get the blessings you in God's way, you can keep it. It's here to stay. Yeah, when you bless yourself and you try to make it happen and you try to line stuff up and put stuff in place, how many of y'all know you're sure to lose it? Everybody say, get it God's way. So now, Pastor, if it's like a seed, what does this have to do with us? You showed us how Jesus went to the earth and died as a seed, but what does this have to do with us? Go to Luke 17 and 20. Everybody say the kingdom is, is all about perpetuation. Somebody say that. Come on. Kingdom is about perpetuation. It's about growth. It's about spreading out. Over in Luke 17 and 20, then I want to get into the meat of my text and we'll, all, we'll almost be done for the day. Are you getting anything out of this? Yes. Now, when he asked the Pharisees when the kingdom of God will come, or rather, he was asked by the Pharisees, when will the kingdom of God come? The Bible says he answered them and said, the kingdom's not coming with observation. It's not coming because you're just looking for this or looking for that. This is powerful. This is going to bless your life. Look at verse 21. Nor will they say, see here or see there. Why, Jesus? For indeed, the kingdom of God is within Do y'all see that? Where is the kingdom? What is the kingdom like? A seed. I got some stewards in here. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you, First Lady. What's the kingdom like? A seed. Where is the kingdom? So the seed is where? In you. Fundamentally, who is the seed then? You. If you are willing to go down in humility and die like the grain we just taught on, you're going to come up with some strong branches and the kingdom that's in you is going to spread out the way God wants it to spread out. And then you'll be so blessed, people won't be able to fathom how you got where you got. And every time they ask you, you'll say, it's the Lord's doing and is marvelous in my eyes. That men may see your great works and do what? Glorify. Who are we glorifying? The Nobody made you but God. You have mentors, you have all those kind of people. Don't misunderstand that statement. But fundamentally, because you humbled yourself under the mighty hand of God, that kingdom that's in you, it sprouts out, and there you go with your multi-million dollar self, beautiful or handsome and favored, looking good, smelling good, got the goodness of God on you everywhere you go. Do I have any help in here? What's the solution to all your problems? Humility. I still haven't proven that point yet, so stay with me. I want to prove that point. Somebody doesn't believe it, so I want to prove that point. If you're writing, humility is an attitude. Humility is an attitude. You sow your life, you reap an abundant life. Isn't that right? Humility is an attitude. Pastor, really get down to the point. It's an attitude. Jesus sold His life, did He not? Can we look at three or four more scriptures? Philippians two five through seven. I'm out of the EHV for a second. Uh, you know this verse as "Let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus." but I want to read it out at EHV on purpose because it really breaks down exactly what I'm teaching. Everybody say, humility is an attitude. Humility. Come on, say it again buoyantly. Humility is an attitude. Humility. You know what kind of attitude I need to have? An attitude of what? Humility. 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 It's an attitude. It's a mentality. And listen to what he says, dear hearts. Indeed, let this attitude. Boy, I love this translation. Let this attitude. Beware, y'all. and you wait a minute you haven't done anything so great mm-hmm. that was the same attitude Jesus Christ had mm-hmm. I need to be humble man if G let me tell you okay let me see if I can really teach this and, and Lord forgive me if I say this wrong but I think I think I have permission to say this if I had done all the miracles Jesus did in three years I'm gonna tell you I'd be battling some arrogance <laughs> for about 10 minutes I'd be like now do y'all know I raised the dead 18 times i would be like Judas you got the devil in you do you understand that I'm the one that, I, I, you, you ever turn water to wine? What's, I'd be asking them questions of my disciples. Have you walked on water? Now, Peter, I know you did, but you started sinking. What about the other 11 of you? Did you walk on water? I would just be getting in their face. You ever, you ever, turn, you ever fed 5,000 people? Have you done that? You ever did it? I tried to get you to do it, but you wouldn't listen. I would get all in their face just for about 10 minutes. Y'all see where I'm coming from? But the Bible says Jesus didn't have that mentality. Listen to this. Let this attitude be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Jesus, what kind of mentality you had? Though by nature he was God. He was by nature God. Jesus said, I'm God, literally. He did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed. Now, that's humility. When you got all that power on you and you still don't act like it. Wow. You don't display it. I didn't say you don't use it, but you don't display it. I meant to say this in the beginning, but y'all, listen to this. Just Pastor Gabe's idea about humility. Humility is so attractive. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody that got something, but they so meek and lowly, and they know how to intermingle, as Solomon said, go in and out amongst people. If you've ever seen that, I mean, I mean maybe they're just they're just very rich, and they got this, and they got, and everybody knows that, but when you talk to them, it'd be like talking to your neighbor next door. It's attractive. There's something about humility that makes others want to be in your midst, be around you, really, really, really take a liking to you because of humility, because you you don't display, amen, uh, uh, your godliness as a prize. Many of us would be more successful in evangelism if we didn't try to display godliness as a prize you're not always trying to win an argument are y'all getting this you're trying to win a soul (laughs) are y'all getting that revelation so sometimes you know it's not even about whether or not this lifestyle is wrong or that lifestyle is wrong although we know it is but you can't convert them until you get them converted So are you saved or are you lost is the real question. Here's how you evangelize in humility. Don't worry about whether you drink, drug, or do whatever else you've been doing. Listen, are you 100% sure that if you died today, you'd be going to heaven? Now, that's evangelizing in humility. Skip all the other stuff about whether or not you're in adultery, homosexuality, which, by the way, is wrong. But why am I arguing with somebody over those subjects when they're still degenerate? instead of going after their heart, getting them saved, and then they can mortify the deeds of the flesh. Are you all listening to me? So I'm not wearing my godliness to be displayed as a prize. Look at verse number seven. Are you getting anything out of this? Come on, let's look at a couple more verses. But he did what? No, help me read it. What did he do? No, help me read it. What did he do? Emptied himself by taking the nature of a what? servant he emptied himself out when's the last time you emptied yourself out jesus emptied himself out by taking the nature of the servant the bible says that jesus said i present to you as one who serves when he was born in human likeness and his appearance was like that of any other man guys please understand humility one-on-one jesus teaches it to us for him to come out of heaven and put on man's flesh That's what you call emptying yourself up. Are you all listening to me? For him to come down to this stink old world and dwell amongst men in the natural, that's emptying yourself out. That's not wearing your godliness as a prize. And that's the humility that wins people to Jesus, but that's the humility that gets you promoted. That's the humility that gets you blessed. Do you know you can exercise what I'm teaching you this morning And something as small as God tells you to give something and you just give it? Well, that's emptying yourself out. Guess what, it, guess what that is? That's humility. God tells you to, to do something and you just do it. You know what that is? That's humility. Because if you won't do it, what is that? You got a better philosophy. And if you got a better philosophy, what is that? Stay with me. That's arrogance. That's the idea that I'm smarter than God in this matter or I'm smarter than the people God put in front of me in this matter. But our lives will get a whole lot better if we would empty ourselves out. Oh, boring, Pastor Rogers. Would you please preach about our money? You'd have money if you'd humble yourself. When am I going to get my husband? You'd get a husband if you humbled yourself. See, humility is a profound word because humility is more than just walking low to the ground Humility is what John said, that is John the Baptist, and John 3 and 30, you don't have to turn there, you just put in your notes, meditate it this week. John said, he must increase, but I must decrease. Well, what does decreasing do for you? It gets you in the kingdom system. It gets you in that upside-down system that starts working in your favor. I still have not proven myself that humility is a solution to all your problems. Well, how, how, where do you get that from, Pastor? Go to Luke 18, and then I'm going to give you four points, and then I'm going to let you go. And these four points will solve anything you go through in your life. Do you believe that? Let's go to Luke 18 first and see it in film and fashion, and then I'm going to give you four points that I believe the Lord gave to me, and I'm going to let you go. The Lord say the same. Amen. Man, I love this. Y'all remember the blind man that got his sight back? Yeah, he was near Jericho and and he was begging. Everybody say humiliation. That don't mean you got to beg God, does it? No. But it is a posture of humility, which recognizes that this power ain't working through me alone. Mm -hmm. I need the power of God to see again. Mm -hmm. How many of y'all know that's humility? And the Bible says, solution all your problems, verse 38, he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, do what? Have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him, boy, humiliation, that he should be quiet. But what did he do? He cried out how? All the more. more. What was his solution? Crying out all the more. What is crying out all the more despite everybody around you? telling you to be quiet. That's humiliation. That's embarrassing. But he was willing to be humiliated and embarrassed to get the solution to his problem. You see, all of y'all can see. You tell me to shut up all you want with your seeing selves. But when Jesus passes me by and I can't see... Come on, somebody. I'm going to be the one stuck with this condition. How many of y'all know I'm going to come out from among them and I'm going to cry out even the more. I'm going to make some noise. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to honor him because I want to see Do you see the solution to all your problems? The, 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 the willingness to be made a base. Oh, come on, solution to all your problems. Come on, Naaman. You have leprosy. Go in that muddy river and dip seven times. Can I give you the science of leprosy? Leprosy, chemistry 101, was a flesh-eating condition. Why? My doctor's on this side. Let me preach to y'all and nod my head if, you, if I'm wrong, all right? If I get off track with this infection talk, y'all help me out. I'm embarrassing them, I could tell. But, um, but, but they got my back on this. So infections would have it that you would not get in a muddy river. Girls, would you get in a muddy river if you had an open cut? probably shouldn't do that, huh? Yeah, you might just break out with stuff. Yeah. Yeah, if you like me, I like, you know, those. All right, that's another show. But you break out with stuff. Right? Right? You wouldn't get it. Would you get in a muddy river if your ear was bleeding and if you're falling off, flesh-eating condition? Would you guys ever prescribe that? Two of my doctors, you wouldn't write a prescription. That'd be medical malpractice, you think? Yeah. Okay, so they confirm my point. I just want to make sure I'm teaching the right word. This man is sick. But the man of God tells him, you go on the river and you dip, <laughs> you got infections all over your body, and go in a muddy Jordan with leeches and bacteria and dip, because the healing power of God was not contingent upon the river. The river didn't heal him. Humility was the solution to his problem. Are y'all getting this revelation? And I got to dip in front of all these people who I'm over. You know, he was a captain of the army. I got to go down in a muddy water. I'm white all over. Now I'm muddy. And oh, I'm sure infections want to get in. But I'm obeying God. I do it seven times. And on the seventh time, I come up and I don't look sick anymore because I was willing to do something other than what my natural mind said to do. That's humility. Humility is when you do something that goes totally against the grain of what nature says, especially when God says to do it. Now, you got to have a word from the Lord. Amen. Don't you go tell him somebody, I told you with an infection to go get in some mud. But humility. Guys, I want you to see how Jesus healed solution to all your problems. I'm not done with this text. How did he heal these blind men? Amen. He, he, was, he was nice to these guys. Or to this guy. There was another group that was blind. Jesus went and made some mud spit. Took that mud spit. (laughs) Y'all ain't saying nothing. See, y'all read the Bible, but I guarantee you, if you came up here one Sunday, I said, I want you all healed. Come on up here. We believe, we receive it. (laughs) Come on, be healed by the power of God right now. I, I know, I know you would wait another week. I know you would. I know, you, I know God going to move another Sunday. I don't need it today. I, I don't know what's for Pastor. The, oh, Lord Jesus. I don't, oh, he didn't get enough rest last night. I know. But Jesus, am I in the Bible? Am I in the Quran, or am I in the Bible? I'm still in the Bible? Yes, he got mud, spattled, rubbed it in his hand, laid his hands on a blind man's eyes, solution to all your problems, because he was willing to let. Hallelujah. Jesus put muddy spit on his eyes. That's what solved his problem. And I stop by to tell you, if Jesus got to use muddy spit to get my solution in, I'm open to it. Hallelujah. If he got to breathe on me, I'm open to it. I humble myself. To God's solution. Am I teaching this philosophy okay today? Am I getting you there? Am I getting you to the solution to all your problems? Can we make it real world now? So why are you a single sister and won't come under mentorship to get married? If that's the solution to all your problems. <laughs> Am I doing okay, Sekou? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to help some people out a little bit. Yeah, why, why you can't spell listen three times in a row? Oh, I'm going to help somebody. What, what, what's with the six months before you join the right church? And every time you come, the Holy Ghost say, go. <laughs> yeah. What, what is that? And what is that? That is a prideful response to a godly direction. And every day I push God's direction off is another day I could have had it. Are you all in here? I said it's another day that I could have. Okay. All right. Y'all know we preached at the end of the year last year, you know, stop putting manifestation off, all those kind of messages we was doing. How many people in here, you know, you're content that if there's something God wanted you to have in 2023, you'll just wait to 2025. If that's you're good with that, right? Of course not. That's backwards. If there's something that God says belongs to me in March 2023, I don't know about you, but I want it now. I'm still in Luke 18. I want the manifestation of that today. God says I can have it today. And you know what I want to do? I want to hurry up and get all I can to get that today. Well, the solution to that hurry up process in your life is humility to God's instruction. Humility to what God says. Y'all, this is a good teaching this morning. Let's see if I can prove it out. Then I'm going to give you four points. Are you all still here? I'm not going to keep you much longer. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet, but he cried out how? All the more. Everybody say humiliation. Son of David, do what? Don't forget that word mercy. Have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. Oh, faith that'll make Jesus stand still. He stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him saying, what do you want me to do for you? Good God of mine. See, humility is less about doing And more about receiving. What do you want me to what do for you? God said, "What do you want?" How did He get to the solution of His problem, though? Because if God asked you, could we agree if Jesus says, "What do you want me to do for you?" Could you agree that that is the solution to all your problem? No, come on, let's agree to that. If Jesus says, "What do you want me to do for you?" Is that not the solution to all your problems? Would you agree with that, class? Yes. How did he get here? What was the steps to the solution of all his problems? Humility. The ability to understand that he could not fix his problem on his own. Yes. How do you want to be a stronger Christian? By being weak. Yes. <laughs> By being weak in your ideas. Yes. By being weak in your own strength by being weak in your philosophies and acquiescing and submitting all of that to God. Father, teach me whatever you're doing. If you're like Pastor Rogers, if I believe I receive in a particular area of my life and that thing is not coming through, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to James 1 and 5 that. I'm getting ready to go back up in that prayer closet and I'm going to say, now, Father, I know that you're always right. I know that you never are wrong, but God, is there something I missed? Is there something I should have done differently? Here's the weakness. Do I have a philosophy in place that I need to tweak? Is there a seed I need to sow? Is there something I should be doing other than what I'm doing? And I'm going to wait for the affirmation of God to know what the next step is. Everybody say humility. Humility. Well, that's what this man did. And then Jesus said, what do you want me to do for him? And he said that I may what? receive. There are a lot of believers that are real good at dutifulness. What is dutifulness? Busyness. Doing more. I need to give one more often. I need to do this. I need to do that. It's not always about dutifulness. It's more about re- receiving. That I may what? Receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your what? Faith has what? Made you well. And in 2025, his solution came in. How fast did it happen? What's the solution to all your problems? Humility. Humility. Because if you humble yourself, you can get the knowledge to change it. You can't go to electrical school and tell the guy teaching you electrical uh, wiring and all that kind of good stuff how it works. What's the solution to being a licensed electrician? You got to become a what? If y'all don't start saying amen, I'm gonna do another service. <laughs> Put a chain on the doors, God I'll make sure you're getting this. We can raise Joe Clarky in a minute. <laughs> amen. 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 Uh huh. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. What's the revelation? You gotta do what? You gotta come under. You gotta come humble under that electrical teacher because that's what's gonna make you better. And I'm telling you all, not at this church, I don't let you do it over here, but the church is the only place people could come in with a bunch of opinions on how things work. Relative to what's going to make their life better, but then they'll go see their medical doctor and sit down and let them tell them how many 5011 pills they need to take that week. Are you all listening to me? Right? And it's that democratic stuff that messed us up where we all had a voice. You don't need a voice. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Your voice is wrong. Amen. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Amen. Your voice didn't help your life. Your kid's off the hook. Your wife, you can't, you can't get her back. Right. Amen. So why should we listen to your voice? Right. <laughs> Am I doing okay? Amen. 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 We got to start teaching humility. And y'all, I'm not in no rush. Don't worry. I'm not hooping today. Say yeah! All right, I got it out. Yo, we got to stop being in a rush, amen, to assume we got it. No, you don't. You don't have it. You got to humble yourself to receive your healing. You got to humble yourself. Everything in your life that you are going to get better in has everything to do with you humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. And I'm going to show that to you, and we're getting ready to go home. Everybody say, focus more on receiving. receiving. No, come on, say it again. Focus more on receiving. Amen. Who who deputized me to be a genius overnight? You're not a genius overnight in any other sector. So how do you become a genius overnight in the kingdom of God? No, it takes tutoring and learning and experience and moments of correction and exhortation and edification and all kinds of redirection. And before you know it, you move from being a babe to a toddler. Then you move from a toddler to an adult. And in a minute you're a senior in this thing, you finally get it. And when you finally get it, guess what you still got to be? humble. None of us have arrived. I don't care if you say amen to that. I'm going to say it again. None of us have arrived. None of us, including yours truly, have arrived. I want you to think about how unhumble people really are or arrogant or prideful. Jesus gave you 18 years of Christian experience. 18 years if you read the gospel. I know he started his ministry at 30 But I'm talking about at age 12, he was already learning in the synagogue. If Jesus didn't teach you anything else as a child, he taught you how to learn. (laughs) So he gave you 18 years of Christian experience, how to raise the dead, how to heal the sick, how to cast out devils, how to do that. And you ask the average believer, how much of the New Testament do they know? How much have they read? Do they know the synoptic gospels? Have they even gotten in their holy word relative to Mark, Luke, John, Matthew? And the bottom line is most believers, most Christians today are Bible illiterate. And I know I'm accurate on that. And that's why the solution to all their problems is still concealed in the book when God wants you to hide this book in your heart. Amen. Man, this is good teaching today. Amen. So we got to solve this a little bit, Serena. Let's get into this. What are the real benefits of humility then? So why be humble? Why, why be abased? Why? know, why? Yeah, don't worry. I'm not going to do a 72-part teaching on humility. But the truth is, if you want to be a stronger Christian, guess what you're going to have to be? You're going to have to be humble. And you're going to have to be really humble. Not head, not humble. Oh, yeah, that's good. And then leave and not do anything that we just prescribed. No, you got to really do this. Real humility. I need my 7 o'clock classes. Everybody say humility. humility. I need 8 o'clock class. Somebody say humility. humility. Oh, no, I'm not going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to punch a clock somewhere to get a check and then come to church at 1152. Right. Amen. Amen. I'm not doing that. That's a slap in God's face because God gave me the job. Yes. I wouldn't have the job if it weren't for God. Amen. 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 I'm not missing Bible study haphazardly. I humble myself under the reality that I need Thursday night teaching. Pastor Rogers, I'll see you on Thursday if you're here. Humility. Somebody say amen. Amen. That spirit of have arrived is too live and well in our congregations and in the body of Christ where people have just made it. I've never seen so many people make it in my life. Amen. Amen. There's no humility in that. And let me bust the bubble of everybody who think they came over from a great church and you're here to help us. Um, Why are you not still over there? Y'all ain't saying nothing. I love it when people quote, yeah, we built three buildings. You built it? You are a pew warmer. I don't even see you on the website. It don't take much to join a church. All you got to do is tell them you want to be a member. And all of a sudden, you're part of a 10,000-member church. Well, you didn't build that church. Are you listening to me? So when you are blessed to come into a church that will bless your life, humble yourself under that teaching and growing God. Oh, for goodness sake, go back to the church you built. Let's uh, see where my amen corner is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thou great one. <laughs> so what are the real benefits of humility? Everybody say, why be hum- humble? And all four of these are different. And this is my points for today, and I wanna, I'm going to let you go home. Number one, grace. Number one, grace. Bible says he gives more grace. He gives more what? Grace. Believe that's over in James. Grace comes as a result of humility. Grace is not forgiveness of your sins. Grace is the power to overcome in this present world. Coteries, charisma is the word grace. The power of God is on you when you are humble. What is grace all about? Recognizing that it's God that does the work. I'm not doing the work. It's the power of God that does the work. I'm never afraid to lay hands on somebody who's blind because I can't open blinded eyes. But the power of God does. So when you humble yourself and you say, now, Father, I know it's you that does will do the work, grace will begin to work. And they can receive their sight. Because you're not wrapped up, tied up in the sinews of your flesh, you have humbled yourself under the power of God. And grace It's the empowerment of God, amen, that does the work And when humility is on board. Number two, faith. Faith. What's the real benefits of humility? I do want you to look at this one. Put it on the board, soundboard. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 7. I'm almost done. Faith. Faith increases when you know you're not the one doing it. Did you hear that? I said faith increases when you know you're not the one what? Doing it. Now we're back to our subject. Amen. When, when I'm weak, then I'm what? Strong. His strength is made perfect where? In my weakness. All right? Therefore, do what? Humble yourself under, 1 Peter 5 and 6, the mighty hand of God, that he may, there it is again, you go down, and I'm going to bring you up. You purposely go down, and I'm going to lift you up. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due season, what am I going to do? I'm going to exalt you. Well, what does that have to do with faith? Look at verse number 7. Casting... All your what? Care. Care on him for he what? Care. Now your faith is working. Because everything in your life that you would be concerned about, you're relieved of because you're officially walking by faith. God, that's good, isn't it? You, cast, you, you just rolled that whole thing over to the Lord. You just cast it on him because you know he cares for you. And y'all, I'm telling you as a witness and an example, that's what makes your faith work. Amen. 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 That's why Pastor Rogers, did you build the grace house? No. That beautiful house, pass it on the way home. Can you see it taking shape? Amen. No, I rolled the care of that over to the Lord a year ago when we started building. That's not my building. That's God's building. I don't need a grace house. I have a house. Are you all getting the revelation? Amen. So what do you do with that stuff? You roll the care over the Lord. And what happens? Resources start coming in. Because you're officially now walking by faith. What you going to do about your kids' schooling next year? Roll that care over to the Lord. Now, you put one foot in front of the other, and you go and you do what you're supposed to do, but don't you dare carry it one day. Not one day. What you going to do about where you're going to be employed? Roll that care over to the Lord, and then roll out of the bed and apply. (laughs) Isn't that right? And when you do that, you have rolled the care over to the Lord. He will supply all my needs i under, right? According to his riches and glory. Will he not? Right? I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his. See, I am his. Isn't it funny how we playing on that seed all day long? I've gone down, right? Right? I've gone down, and God's going to bring me up, nor have seen begging for any bread. I will not beg for any bread, right? So you cast your care upon him, for he was for you. Everybody say, God cares for me. You know why that blind man got healed in Luke 18? He knew God cared for him. And because he knew God cared for him, what started happening with his faith? It started working. <laughs> humility makes faith work, y'all. Are you learning anything? All right? Number three, this is one of my favorite ones of the day, then I'll give you four and I'm done. I believe I can do it in six minutes or less. Number three, favor. <laughs> What's the real benefits of humility? Favor. Favor. Now, we know grace and favor are the same word in some contexts, but it's not the same word in every favor, favor, favor is a benefit of humility. Where you get that from, Pastor? Don't turn there. Just, just listen to it. Luke 2 and 52, Jesus grew in stature in favor with who? God and man. Can I say something that is one of the most profound statements I can make all day? People like you when you're humble. Did I say something right there? I said, people actually like you. Like, when you're, when you're humble, favor with man is simply a man liking you. Solution to all your problems. What's your solution to unemployment? Somebody said a job, close. Favor, true. Somebody liking you. <laughs> uh-huh. If they got 100 resumes, why should they pick yours? What's the solution to your unemployment? They liked you. You grew in favor with a man. For whatever reason, he liked you. She liked you, the hiring manager, and you got the job. I'll tell you what'll make her like you, humility. I told a young person in this church with a position that we set him up for through a call that we got. Great Fortune 500 company. This was last week. See, this is humility. She said, Pastor, what, what do I do? You know, they called me. They, 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 they said they want to interview me. I said, you go in there and you tell them you're a team player. I said, you tell them you're easily corrected. And think Pastor Rondi may have given me that one. You're easily corrected. You're a team player. You tell them you'll be the solution to their problems. I said, you tell them those three things and ask them how you can be an asset and benefit to them. You go in with a servant mentality the whole interview and you'll get the job. I got the interview, uh, the email, text the next day. Uh, they they liked her very much and she's going to meet with the division president this week And I got a hinklin She already got the job. I Got a thought Why well, well, what is that though? Somebody like so all of you who want to go with the county rules that your hair can be Purple because you want it to be See, I'm trying, I'm going to help my people out a little bit. You do whatever you want with this. Get mad at me. I don't care. I got a job. <laughs> hey, man, you're just going to wear your stuff the way you want to wear it. You're going to do whatever you want. You know, dating. yeah, we going to be, nah, they need to the honor. They need to the respect. Don't nobody need to respect you? You didn't plant that company. Why are you applying to their job and they got to do something for you? It's their job. It's their, now, they mean mugging me over here. Let me preach over here a little bit. It's their job. Now they smiling. Okay. There, I see you. Okay, good. Smile back at me now. It's their job, and you going to roll up in their stuff telling them that they got to they gotta accept you. No, 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 no. They the millionaires. They, they the billionaires. They planted the company. Now, we're talking humility now, Mary. They the ones that put the firm in place, and you going to roll up in there and tell them what you get to look like coming through the door. People get mad at me. Don't get mad at me because I'm not mad at you. The only enemy I have is the devil. Are you the devil? I'm godly. You can't, you can't do that. You got to have some humility. Are y'all listening to me? Isn't that amazing? Some of you were in the military. Did they make you shake? Come on, Jess, help me teach this. Could you wear your hair any kind of way? No, sir. No, sir. Looking at these army guys in the room, no, you could not. No, no, you just can't. Now, you can tell them you want to do that, and that's what they call bounce, for lack of a better term. Well, go do what you're better at doing then. See, we don't like that, y'all. And that's why, you know, all right, say it. Black pastors, we got to go ahead and preach this. Amen. Yes, we do. Because we got a problem. We've raised up a generation of dishonor a generation to where we don't have to say yes, sir. There's no yes, ma'am. There's no I appreciate you. There's no thank you. You are privileged to have me come interview. Devil is a liar. You can take your little tootie out of here then. Who needs you? And a 100 people applied for the same position. Well, they can't legally do that. Y'all get rid of that junk. There's a million and one ways somebody can leave you alone and stay outside of the law. North Carolina is an at-will state. They can fire you and not even tell you why. In fact, when they're a good risk manager, they don't tell you why. Your services are no longer needed. That's it. And that is cold word for you didn't know how to act, and we don't want you to be the face of our company anymore. (laughs) Good God, everybody. Security. See if I can get out of church safely today. Amen. I'll risk it. And put this on TV too. Let them hear it. Amen. And don't write me no letters. I'm not going to read it. Amen. I'm not interested. You need to grow in favor with men. You need to have some men like you. Did you know that? You know the right person liking you can change your life? Did you know what I just said? Did I just say something right there? And see, many of you miss it because you think that there are not observers sitting around you all the time do you know there are people in this room that watch you even though y'all didn't i tell you the young lady got a call the call she got was from somebody who go to the same church who came to her pastor But man of God call you up, ask you if you need prayer, and you popping gum. You don't have no honor. I don't care if you like it. Don't go in front of no man of God popping gum like that. You up here for prayer? I don't need prayer. You're sleeping in church. Who's watching you? That could change your life. Do you understand that? Do you know I have spoken literally in front of 32 of the richest people in America in my career? Yes. You know who I have access to on any given day? You know who I get on the phone with? Are you all listening to me? I'm just giving you one man that could be watching. What about the 25 others? Pastor, I got a position. Do you know anybody? Favor with? Man favor with me. Oh, I ain't kissing up to them. Didn't nobody ask you for a kiss. We don't need a kiss. I got a wife for a kiss. That's where I get my kisses from. I'm just telling you how to hack and some humility. Do you have any humility on you? Somebody say amen to that. Hallelujah. Isn't that good, Ron? And we got to teach this, and I'm telling you why, and I'm saying it in love now. Gee, God said, I'll be a father to the fatherless. I'm going to tell you what happened to us. Now, I'm telling you, and you take it to the bank and cash it. Look at history. During the days of Lyndon B. Johnson, when the man got put out the house. Right? And and liberalism really kicked in. And basically, our men became a non-factor. And we raised up a generation of of, a rogueness. In dishonor, and that stuff spilled over, and now stuff we see today, like BLM and other stuff like that, is the manifestation of the harvest of a culture gone mad. It's a manifestation of a harvest. That young boy up in Baltimore, when they was riding, and that mama came and knocked him in his brains, we need some of that back. My dad was a deacon in the church. I wish I would sit on that second row acting up. My mom was a deaconess. This is the Baptist church. I love him to this day. And oh, he would sit here, and he, and he was the chairman. He was a chairman too. He was the chairman of the deacon board and the chairman of our house. And boy, I start mixing up, and my dad would reach. And there's something about that. That, that father stare. Oh, God. Woo, Jesus, I'm going to get you. Woo, God. You acting up? Y'all ain't saying nothing. Generation gone mad. And so we lost our yes sirs and yes ma'ams. And could I? Oh, I absolutely. Can you, when can you have this to me by? When do you need? Honor. Humility. Is this all right, Sekou? I'm closing. Amen. Number four. Why be humble? What was the first one, class? Grace. What was the second one? What's the third thing he gives birth to? Favor with who? God and man. Somebody say, I want somebody to like me. Oh, yeah. Can I say this to you? I want you to like me. Yeah. I just can't, like, preach to make you like me. All right? Now, if you like the truth, you'll like me. But I can't preach so you can like me. Jesus said, woe to the man that all men speak well of. Everybody like you, that's a problem. Now, I got to tell you the truth on Sunday. But I do want you to like me. Like, I'll give you a hug if you want, because I like you, and God loves you, and that's why he sent this kind of preaching. So you can break the shell, amen, of stupidity. Somebody say amen to that. Number four, mercy. Mercy. Now, this, dear, I said the last one was my favorite point, Rhonda, I'm closing there. Did you all get anything out of this? Now, let me tell you why mercy is so powerful. And I'm done. Quick reflexes. <laughs> Almost lost my phone, iPad on one side, but I got them all. Amen. That was anointed. <laughs> Amen. Um, mercy is a powerful point relative to humility because, Carter, this won't ever happen to you. I just caught your eye. But if we ever happen to fall, getting back up ain't so hard. See, give you a metaphor. When you're arrogant, it's a a long fall. See? To fall from here, that's painful. Knee knee might buckle if you jump off of this stage. I wouldn't do it. Amen? I wouldn't. But boy, when you're humble, if you happen to trip up and have a blip, the fall is short. Because guess what? You was already on the ground. (laughs) It wasn't so bad. It was easy. He gives grace to the humble. But what did he do for the blind man? Thou son of David have mercy on me. What got him? Did y'all see all those points in that text? What got him before the master? All four of them. He had favor. Jesus stopped and came to him. He had mercy that he asked for. His faith started working. Isn't that right? And the grace empowerment of God finally got him healed. They're all four in Luke 18. That is the solution to all your problems. That's it right there, Eric. You know, if you happen to fall, if you happen to, to slip up, mess up, you know what? Humility does that. Getting back up ain't so bad because I was on the floor anyway. You know, I'm going to tell you this, and you take it however you want. I love people, and this church is growing, and I'm closing this message. Our TV broadcast is growing. We're going national. We're building homes for unwed moms. We got all kinds. Oh, glory to God. Kingdom University is off the hook. Cafe is serving chicken and waffles. I mean, this is the good life. Are you getting this? Who had chicken and waffles last Sunday? Weren't they great? Oh God, I want those again. We got fried fish and fried chicken today with hundred sanitation. Yeah. But you know what? With all this good success, you know what Pastor Roger's gonna be? As we start building and growing, y'all, you know, really soon we're gonna just go and get us another sanctuary, too. That, I mean, shoot, and just blossom and grow. And, right? Another campus. But but but, Karina, you know I'm always do just like you, and I say this with all manliness. I'ma stay so sweet. I am, I am. Some Sundays like I do, I'ma stand right here and let the line go to the door. Y'all know how y'all do me. Like Home Goods, it be wrapped around Home Goods and Marshall, and it's not a register number four, five, or six. See, they got a register five but I'd be up here I'd be like Lord Jesus <laughs> thank you Jesus but I love those Sundays cuz you know what I get to do for however long that person wants to talk to me notice now how long do I talk to them as long as they want to talk to me and if you want to wait while they're talking I'll talk to you just that long yeah sometimes tired in my body I'll be because those will be them Sundays when we be done shouting stuff And your collar going this way and you know you got people's makeup on your sleeve from praying for them and all that kind of good stuff and I'd be tired oh no I'm never going to lose that okay how you doing man tell me oh you did oh man that's amazing and really mean it I'm going to stay like that Kiva that's what I'm going to be people do whatever they want I've seen these guys do this in pastoring they blow up and we blowing up thank God for that they oh they get good success and then they just forget that they are a person I teach my kids this. You know, you all blessed us, or you do it every Thursday, you bless your pastor. You you know what? I teach our kids to be grateful. No, you know those precious people, they they blessed you. That was nice. Now, I don't make people my source, but I teach gratefulness. Are you getting that? This is no manipulation. Somebody come and and put a, a, a piece of change or something in my hand. Oh, I'm grateful. $5 $5 or 500 5000 that has happened. I'm grateful. Are you listening to me? I haven't arrived. I appreciate it, right? That is humility. That's godliness. Jesus was that way. Suffer the children to come to me and what? Forbid them not. Don't stop them. Let them come. Let them talk, all right? Let them come. That's a revelation. So the more you go up, go down. The more you rise, and Walt, you are rising. That's good news, man. Looking good. The more you rise, man, keep on serving your wife. That's a word for you. Loving your family. Raising your precious virgin daughter. What a man of God. The more you rise, it's say, oh, Father, I give you the glory. <laughs> I honor you, God. I thank you, God. You know who was real good, good about that before he went to heaven? Pop. Pa- But but Pop, wait a minute. So let me understand this. You build a school in a dome, God be the glory. (laughs) He point up to God be the glory. Yeah, I know God get the glory, but wait a minute. Talk to me, though. Right? You want to get on the inside? All of his answers. God be the glory. Are y'all getting this revelation? That's humility. Be successful. I'm closing. Boys, you're going to be successful in life. Yeah. Be successful and then just stay on the ground, you know, They start talking about how awesome you are, man, God is amazing. You know, we're going to be cutting this tape in a a couple of months. Y'all know that? Mm Mm-hmm. And you know know what I'm going to do? The day we cut the tape, uh, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. I want you to see pragmatically how this works. Say, cool. No, they see it every Sunday. I'm going to get down here, and I'm going to remind God that he's the reason. Yeah. I got a little swag of carpet in my office, and, and this is every Sunday for your pastor. Sometimes I get a little lint in my suit. That's right. That's what lint brushes are for. Keep getting down on the floor. <laughs> Amen. When we have powerful moves of God like we had last Sunday, you know what I do after those? I go on the back and I get on a dusty floor. And I remind God that if it wasn't for his grace. Are you all getting this? See, what I'm teaching, Jeanette, is, you know, as you rise in God, this is coming out of my soul, man. I hope you're all getting this. Out of my spirit is a better word. As you rise in God, perfect humility. Because the higher up you go, the more difficult it can become if you start listening to the praises of men. And I'm telling you, if you let man put you somewhere... They can take you down from there. Think about it. One week, they're saying Hosanna to Jesus. And the next week, the same crew, crucified. So never let man elevate you to a place. This is words of wisdom as I close. Elevate you to a place where they can take you down. Thank them. Thank them for their goodness and kindness in your life. But give all glory. Stay humble. Stay humble. That's how guys get off track and leave church and get into vain doctrines. They're not humble. Not humble. Are y'all getting this? Humble. Sometimes we got to remain humble to the fact that we don't have it all together. And if somebody call your stuff out, say, thank you, Jesus. That's what I needed. Hallelujah. Man, if you see some lint on my suit, pull it off before I get up to preach. Isn't that right? Stay humble. I hope that's helpful. I'm closing. I'm in my last six hours of this message. Pastor, how many doors you got on that message? All the ones you need? Because what I taught you today will be the solution to Can you see how that worked? All four of those levels, grace, faith. Come on, what's the other two? Favor Favor and what? That gets you in, baby. That gets you in. And you won't have to kiss up to nobody. Just be be a man or woman of God. Be humble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People take a liking to you, it change your whole life. God to use somebody to bless you. I love that. He'll get you in places that don't make no sense. I have been in places in my life. I'm closing, Mama June, and I, and, I, and I think I'm literally half your age, or maybe a little more, but about half, and you're so sweet. But I've been in places, Mama, that don't make no sense. Young life, before I was 30, while I was 30, didn't make no sense. Then got in my 40s, it got better and better, better and better. That's how God is. In your life, you know what happens? Pam, it gets better and better. And that comes with what? I didn't mean no harm when I said I wasn't interested in all those the the bishop stuff and all that kind of good stuff. You know, I want you guys to understand it's God that does the elevating. You don't chase after man's goods. You don't chase after prestige. It never ceases to amaze me. Somebody comes to the ministry, they want to join the church to First thing they tell you is they're a minister of the gospel. That's good. You should. You should let us know that that's who you are. Amen. But then you know what you should do next. Your next statement should be, and how can I serve? Where can I serve in the kingdom of God? Put me somewhere where I can serve. Are y'all listening? Because you can be big in your own eyes. (laughs) Amen. And I I hate to be the one to, to, to divulge it to you, But most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, you haven't built anything. (coughs) You have no chinks in your armor. Amen. And you got to humble yourself to that reality. And then in due season, what's he going to do? He's going to raise you up. Was that okay, Yolanda? Is that a good Sunday morning message? I'm done for the day. If you're in here and you just want to worship the Lord, come on, stand on your feet and just honor him in humility. Come on, we're getting ready to go home. Brian, you can play softly. Just honor him in humility. Honor him in humility. It's the power of God that gets the work done. Humility. Power of God makes your faith work. And yeah, I'm not the one that gets it done. It's God that does the work. Thank you, Seku. He does the work. Just begin to worship him. Come on. Come on. Come on. With your verbal, 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 verbal. Come on. Raise it up before the Lord. Raise it up before the Lord. Father, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Mm-hmm. When is due season? I don't know. But if you stay humble, it's coming. When you're going to break through, I don't know. But if you stay humble, it's imminent. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. I say like Moses, teach me your ways, God. Teach me your ways, sir. Show me what's right. Help me not to be one of those people that just want to rub elbows to get to the top. Help me not to be locked out of certain arenas. I humble myself to you. Amen, amen. You may rest your arms if you'd like. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord, I want to invite you down.